The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. Ewan, we've had some more good feedback. Have we? Yes, we have. So upon finding out that this podcast is finishing for the summer, Seamus McElhaney says on Twitter, that's a pity. That's positive. Well, sadly for Seamus, that is true. And it is true. This is the final podcast of this season. How long are we off for? Eh, probably about five weeks, something like that. So the podcast is off for five weeks? Something like that. I haven't done the maths around it. There were a number of uh, fans of the podcast who wanted us to stay on for the summer to talk about transfers and what was going on with the clubs behind the scenes and I pre-season mean, and all that. We could do a couple of transfer specials if we run out of money. <laughs> we could do that <laughs> we'll, we'll need to build up our bank balance anyway Because yeah. we want to go to Germany next year To see Scotland play at the European Championships Because Scotland are 98% going to Euro 2024 In fact, I think it's even more than that I think it's 99.6% of chances are Of qualifying for the Euros next and year And how did you work that one out? I think it's from the bookies is it based on what other teams are going to be doing against each other? Yeah. So basically, I don't know exactly, but if we beat Cyprus and Spain beat Georgia and then Georgia and Norway draw, we're that's done. us qualified. Amazing. I so mean, we're going anyway. We are going and I've already booked my flights. You booked your flights after the Norway game. You were that confident. I booked my flights in the... 92nd minute of the Norway game because I was like these flights are going to go up Anna get this books right now so that's exactly what I did honestly I'd, I'd looked at it before because if you're listening to the Big Saturday Summer Show which is uh, on during the summer instead yeah. of the Big Saturday Football Show we were speaking about this during the game and we both were like oh, no I don't know why I don't know why to click confirm <laughs> like on the flights just in, just in case we jinx it and then obviously when Norway were leading 1-0 uh-huh. I was like that looks like a good decision can I, can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. Do you know how we were on the radio on Saturday there? Yeah. And we were both booking our flights to Germany. And I couldn't book my flight to Germany. Do you want to know why I couldn't book my flight to Germany? I could hazard a guess because right. okay. if you heard any of this chat, uh, any purchases over £20 <laughs> in Ewan's family needs to go through his wife, Teresa. And she, she needs to give approval. Ewan but, doesn't have a card. Right, right no, but I, but I had a, a credit card. I showed you the credit card yeah. that I had with me on Saturday. So that credit card I activated online. Mm-hmm. And I went to use it, but I was discussing this on the radio with you on Saturday. So I was typing in the details and it was on the radio. So my wife was listening. And while my wife was listening to me going through the process of booking a flight to Germany, she cancelled the card. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't book the flight. I couldn't understand why the credit card wasn't working. She actually cancelled the card and stopped me booking a flight to Germany. And now it's going to cost about four times as much. So who's the fool here, Teresa? Exactly, Teresa. And I'll tell you another thing. I'm expecting the bosses here at Bauer Media to take us to Germany anyway. Oh, I think we'll be there. So so I don't need to pay for it then. I'm expecting the bosses and the work to pay for us to go, including yourself, so you can get your money back from what you've already put out. And also, producer Dan, who's with us today on the podcast, you can come to Germany as well, mate. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to Germany? Because Scotland are going to be there. Everybody will want to be there. So I was there last night at a drenched Hamden, which we'll get to more in just a wee second. It was my wife's first ever Scotland game. 
I took her to and she was like so like that's all the time and I'm like no no it's not like that's all the time I'm like I want to go home honestly it's a game she'll never forget absolutely I mean just an absolutely wild night at Hamden we'll talk about that we'll talk about the Norway game on Saturday as well and of course Scotland has welcomed back a beautiful human being and Brendan Rogers he has been reappointed as Celtic manager and we'll go through your shouts for the final if Scottish football was a heat wave how ironically so please go and find us the big Scottish football podcast on Twitter is at big football Scott that is how you follow us you can get us on Instagram and Facebook as well just search for the big Scottish football podcast and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so it drops in your inbox and you can give us five stars if you fancy as well right where do you want to start do you want to start chronologically or do you want to start last night I think we just talk about it as a whole in the round and I mean let's just 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 talk about Scotland in general okay right, right. I'll, I'll kick off I think Scotland are really 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 going places under Steve Clark. I think he's got them playing excellently. I think we look like a good, solid unit. We've got some cracking players. I think if I was being really, really, really nitpicky, and this is no downer on Lyndon Dykes or Shea Adams, I think if we had a top, top quality striker, like a Haaland or a Lewandowski in his day or something, we'd be a danger when it comes to major tournaments. Turn, turn that music down. If we had a Haaland in our team, we win the Euros. This is quite the turnaround from you, you and Cam. Don't you start on that nonsense from last year. This is quite no, don't the you start that nonsense. This, I'm, just, see, I'm just going to do I, it once. I, I'm, I'm tired of people on Twitter reminding me of what I said about Steve Clark last summer. So, are you ready? Listen, that, that's fine. Don't I'm not, you dare I'm, ask I'm me to apologise. I'm not going to drag it up. No, you, no, you, you clearly are because well, yes, I, I am. am well, yeah. I'm not going to apologise. So, if you're going to ask me to apologise to Steve Clark for getting it quote unquote wrong, I'm not because he did get it wrong. I'm not going to say that. Right. What I'm going to say is, were you wrong overall about Steve Clark? Because he's turned it round. I was right last year when we lost to Ukraine ahead of the World Cup and, and we lost to Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. And we lost to Ireland 3 0 and badly. And, and of course. And yeah. I was hurt. Yep. As a Scotland fan, yep. I was hurt. I was deeply angry and upset because I desperately wanted that game in Qatar against England. I thought, what a chance we've got. The best chance we've ever had to get to a World Cup since 1998. And I thought Steve Clark messed up spectacularly at Hamden so I was hurt I was angry and I said a lot of things that when you look back <laughs> might have been a wee bit out of order <laughs> but I'm a football man I'm a passionate guy and there's only a couple of times in my life where I have cried at a football match one was when we got beat from England 2-0 mm-hmm. at, at Wembley during Euro 96 I cried that day I also cried on the day that we lost to Italy 2-1 and that, again, torrential downpour at Hamden. Do you remember that day? I do, I was there. Um, so I cried that day. I also cried at the, when Hart um, lost out in the league title in 1986, 85-86. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was a child at, at that particular time, but it was very upsetting. And um, I nearly cried last year when we lost to Ukraine. I mean, that hurt me badly. You wanted to go to the World Cup. You wanted to play England. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think every football manager in their career will have a moment when they look back and go, "Oh, that it's, it's, it'll, it'll never go away that pain 
of missing out in the World Cup, and that's Steve Clark. That's what yep. his thing will be in I, his international career. Yep. I, I said that. I said that at the start of this season. I said that Steve Clark would look back and think, yeah, I got that one wrong. Yeah. But he's turned it around spectacularly. Well, there's no getting away from the improvement in the team, and that's what I'm saying. And I know people are going to laugh at me, and they're going to be going, you're talking absolute shite. But I think we are one top-class striker away from being a contender and if not winning the European Championships and the reason I say that and before you laugh your heads off let me take you back over the years in some major tournaments where teams they're not expected to do well do well because they've got a great unit they've got a great camaraderie Greece in 2004 mm-hmm. didn't have an out and out striker they were winning games 1-0 here there and everywhere but they were a unit they were hard to beat and they caught teams on the counter attack you look at South Korea in the 2002 World Cup and what they did unbelievable a few dodgy refereeing decisions with that one as well irrelevant you need luck in, <laughs> in this game as well you look at Morocco at the World Cup just last year yep. mm-hmm. getting to semi-final again they don't have an out and out striker but if they had an out and out striker and a world class striker there's every chance they could have got to the final and won it but again they got to a semi-final I think that Scotland as it is right now with the way that world football is and you look at a lot of nations around the world who are on the slide we're on the up is teams like your Serbia's this world your Norway's this world your your Denmark's this world are possibly on the slide Portugal as well possibly they've still got Ronaldo and they won last night by a goal to nil with an 89th minute winner from Ronaldo but I think Scotland are on the up this team will only get better and I agree with you I think we're a striker away from being serious contenders for the Euros next year now I think you're getting do, out. do, do we find that striker between them and next year is no, there anyone no I don't think there is to be honest unless Kevin Nisbet really kicks on in the championship next season I can't really see it to be honest with you but Shea Adams is a decent player Dykes has been tremendous in both these games he's put in so much work ran his socks off and obviously got that crucial goal can on I, can I, can I disagree with you mm-hmm. see that game against Norway I thought Dykes was pretty poor but he no. scores the goal and, and, and it kind of it clouds over his poor performance overall. But it was a thankless task. How, how good was Haaland on Saturday? But we're not talking about him. No, but, I'm, no, but what I'm saying is Haaland didn't have a particularly good game but he scored. And everyone remembers that and he won the penalty. But Haaland did nothing in the game. Haaland didn't do any more than what Dykes did. My, my, my issue with Lyndon Dykes, and I agree with you, I think he has done a good job. He's not the best player in the Scotland squad he's not the best striker in the squad as far as I'm concerned I don't think he's our best striker I think Shea Adams is ahead of him I'd even go to say that Kevin Nisbet when he's fully fit and top form is ahead of him and for me Lauren Shanklin's ahead of him because I think they're better players overall but what Dykes gives you is strength someday where you can go from back to front and you'll flick it on etc etc so he also and, works so hard. Oh, he no, covers no, a lot of ground. And listen, he's great set he, pieces in the other opposition box. I get all that. Never ever gives the defenders a moment. I get all that, but see when you've got all your strikers fit, I don't think he's your starter. Is he your starter? I think he kind of has to be. Is, is he? Your, is he your number nine? I would say so. Yeah. I I think, I, she, when she Adams back fully fit, is Dykes your number nine? I think Steve Clark's got a bit of a a nice problem. I'm to not have asking here. Steve Clark. I'm asking you. No, but I'm saying I'm explaining the issue. Because I, I think we look better when it's either Dykes up front with Christie playing off him or McGinn playing off him. 
and that means if you play McGinn a wee bit further forward, you can get Gilmore in midfield, which I think we really, really need. He was man of the match last and night. I thought Gilmore was absolutely tremendous last night, and he did really well when he came on on Saturday. Um, so I think the team that started last night against Georgia won't be far away from the one that starts at the Euros next year. So you'd go with Dykes? I would go with Dykes, yes. See, here's another thing, and this is because we're talking about Scotland in general sense of, of how we played over these last two games. We carried a bit of luck, right? Let's be honest about it. And I thought that Norway were the better team. If we're going to be brutally honest about it, I thought Norway were the better team and we kind of carried a wee bit of luck. And yeah, it was, a, it was a smashing grab, but... Norway didn't do much. No, I know, but they, I'm they, they had a really good chance in the first half with the header, yes, obviously. Yes, yeah. But again, did Angus Gunn have any no. big saves to make? No, I he didn't. I don't think he did. I think the penalty was ludicrous. It was a ludicrous decision. The Jack Hendry one before it was more of a penalty. And I, I think, agree. And I think that was in the referee's mind. The referee was shocking on Saturday. Absolutely honking. Yeah. Um, and he was absolutely jonesing to give a penalty. As soon as Haaland went down, he was like... Straight over, he couldn't have given the penalty quicker. I know it was just, and it was the softest penalty. The, the, the camera seen. actually missed the referee giving a penalty. It was that quick? It was, it was unbelievable. Uh, no, but what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, and Pep Guardiola says this, and they've just won a treble with Man City. He goes, any team that wins any title or any cup competition needs a bit of luck. Of course. So Scotland carried a bit of luck against Norway, and there's no doubt about and that. And Milan were the better team in the Champions League Correct. against Manchester Correct. City, so, so it doesn't you, always work like that. You, you carry a bit of luck, and I think that we carried that on Saturday against Norway. But what I'm going to say here, and what I was getting to, is that we became a much better unit when we went to a back four because we pushed John McGinn up alongside Dykes, and it's John McGinn further forward that creates the mayhem that brings the two goals. If if we don't go to a back four and he sticks to that back five, we don't beat Norway that day. I'm not going to go on about how I don't like the back five, etc., etc. We've done we, that. We We've, won last night. I, I, yeah, I know, but... I, 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 and against Spain, we're but back five. I, I thought my point is this, Stephen. Cyprus, we're back five. I, yeah, but they're nothing teams. My Spain are a nothing team. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about Cyprus. Um, my my point is this, Stephen, and you're not letting me finish my point before you jump in with your nonsense. Right, finish your point. My point is this. What's your point? Is that I think we showed far too much respect to Norway on Saturday because of Haaland. I think we looked at him and that was it. We had to do everything in our power to play defensive, play compact, And Odegaard as well. Yeah. But when, when we went to that back four, when we were 1-0 down, we were a much better team. We took the game to them and they didn't know what hit them. We were threatening. We were on the ball. We were passing it. John McGinn was finding himself in little pockets and was supporting Lyndon Dykes. And it's John McGinn that, that helps us to the two goals in that victory. So I thought we showed Norway a bit too much respect and we got away with it brilliant delighted fantastic I thought last night um, I thought we showed a wee bit too much respect for Georgia again with the formation and the, and the setup. What are you? What are you wanting? What you keep talking about? Showing what you want them to spit in the players' faces? What sort of respect are we no. talking about but, here? Um, but we but we thoroughly deserved it last night. Georgia are no great side, and do you know what really annoyed me in the build up to this game? The amount of people that were saying, "Oh, Georgia, nine games unbeaten." Nine games unbeaten. What, Rory, 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 Rory Hamilton on via play 
made Georgia sound like as if we were up against Brazil. They've only lost one game of their last 15 before last night. Did, have you seen the results and who they played against? Beat Sweden, beat Norway. No, they drew in Norway. Um, no, they, 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 beat, they, beat, they beat in the last couple of years. See, see, when it comes to Nations League, right, this is why I love the Nations League, because teams are now up against teams of the similar level. They've beaten Gibraltar, Mongolia, Albania, um... Um, they beat Mongolia 6-1 They beat um, Who else was it? Was I've, I've got the teams? results here I've got them right in I front just, of me so, so they beat Cyprus They drew in Norway yeah. They beat Mongolia 6-1 As you rightly point out They beat Gibraltar They beat uh, North Macedonia They yeah. beat Bulgaria oh, Sorry, they drew with Bulgaria Yeah uh, Beat North Macedonia away Yeah Beat Bulgaria away Yeah Beat Gibraltar But they're all they're all teams in their level Which is brilliant Which is what makes the Nations League really good Beat Bosnia Beat Sweden Beat like, Kosovo doesn't matter. Look, Luxembourg beat Bosnia last night. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that we were building Georgia up to be something that they were not because the stat looked good. They've not played anybody. Yeah. And, and and I thought that Scotland dominated last night and I had no fear whatsoever. I thought we were going to win and we won and we won comfortably. See, after we actually got the game underway again, I was like, this team are rotten. They're like, poor. Like, like Georgia were poor. Yeah. Um, Scotland were in complete control yeah. of that match. Um, we'll get to the the rain in just a wee second. But overall, just to wrap this up, um, we've got twelve points <laughs> after four matches of our qualifying campaign. First time that's ever happened. Um, this is beyond our wildest dreams. We're literally one win away and another result from getting to the Euros. Um, and not only that, Stephen, we already had a plan B because we're in the playoffs. Because we're in the playoffs, yeah. We're in the playoffs, but we won't need that now. And at the start of this, you said, and I think many other people said, that this is a really tough group that we've got. I think everyone looked at it on paper. Steve when, Clark said aye. he thought it was the toughest group of the, the lot. He would say that. But we've absolutely smashed everything away that's that's come near us. Yes, we've still got three away games to come and then the home game against Norway to finish. Um, but... If somebody had said, all you need to do is beat Cyprus away from home and you've qualified for the Euros, you'd absolutely snap their entire arm off for that. I said at the start of this campaign, in those first four games, I said if we could get eight points, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Like draw against Spain at home and draw against Norway away and it still keeps it in our hands. No, we're going to do better than that. We're going to beat them all. I mean, unbelievable. So yeah, 12 points out of 12. You know what has annoyed me though? So... I tweeted out that I'd booked my flights and all the rest on Saturday and I noticed even last night in reply to some of the comments about oh how amazing it was last night, the atmosphere and us almost being at the Euros, some of the negativity around it is still like oh but you know what Scotland are like, I mean only Scotland could balls it up for here. No, get that, get that shite in the bin. Yeah, I hate that chat. It's just, oh, it's Scotland, you know, wheel balls up, we always do. Well, I tell you what, why don't we just turn that around and think, nah, we're not going to balls it up. But we're not. We're not. We're not. We're going to qualify. There was a lot of that after the game against Norway. When I tweeted after the game against Norway, Germany, here we come, Euro, Euro, Euro 2024, this is it. We're all going. We're booking flights. The Ooh. amount of people that replied going, you watch, you watch, we're going to lose home and away to Georgia. You know what will happen you... at Scotland. <laughs> we you know, if there's a way to bugger it up, then it'll be Scotland that manages to do it, you know? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Just fuck off. Honestly. 
folk who live in the past. We're talking about the future, we're talking about the present. And listen, we're not getting carried away, but on a complete Wait, wait, we're not getting carried away. I've just said we're one striker away from winning it. <laughs> and, a, but, and a completely unrelated note. Here are the top tourist attractions in Germany. So, the Berlin Wall, obviously the monument of the Cold War in Germany. It runs yes. through the heart of the capital. A must-see, apparently. Okay. Uh, we've got the Cologne Cathedral in Cologne, or if you're Derek Ray, Cologne. Uh, built over 600 years ago. It's an iconic church. It's the seat of the Archbishop of Cologne. So apparently it's stunning. So if we're in Cologne, that would be nice to go and see. Who in the Tartan army is going to be spending their day going to a cathedral? So in Munich, we've got the Marienplatz. It's the hub of culture and tourism. It's been the city's main square since 1158. Oh, well, in a square. Exactly, yes. In Frankfurt, we've got the Alto Oper. It's a concert hall, which was built in the wake of the Second World War after the original opera hall was destroyed by bombing. And one for you, Ewan Cameron, as well. We've got the Bergen Nightclub. It's an iconic techno venue. I believe it's in Berlin. And it's, according to the, its own website, got some kinky overtones. I think I know the nightclub you're talking about. <laughs> because I've got a couple of gay pals who love going to Berlin, right? They spend many a weekend in Berlin and over the course of a year. And I think they have talked about that kinky nightclub with some kinky overtures that go on. Berlin loves sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want sex, you go to Berlin. <laughs> so my gay pals tell me. Have you been to Berlin? I've never been to Berlin, no. You've been to Germany? I've been to Germany, but I was there with Celtic when they played Bayern Munich, so it was kind of like flying and flying, but I've never been to Germany on a holiday. I've never spent any time there visiting the place. Typical Ewan Cameron, always following his team around <laughs> Europe. You know what he's like. Ewan with an H. Ewan <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> so yeah, I was there with Gordon Strachan and Celtic. What year would that have been? Gordon Strachan and Celtic. It would have been between 2000 and... Bayern Munich. Celtic played Bayern Munich. I'm sure Gordon Strachan was a manager. 2005 to was 2009. Was it? What's Bayern Munich? I'm asking Dan because he's a Celtic fan. Yeah, O'Neill. No, it wasn't Martin O'Neill. Was it? Yeah. Was it Martin O'Neill with Bayern Munich? You just keep talking. I'm just going to go and grab something, right? I'll be back in a minute. Go and do a Google search on that for me, mate. Because Celtic Bayern Munich, I flew... I thought it was Gordon Strachan that was in the plane with me. <laughs> you tell me it's Martin O'Neill. Because I was travelling around with Rangers and Celtic in, over those, what, five, six, seven years. And I remember going to Munich and... Oh, am I getting mixed up with... Am I getting mixed up with the European... When you played AC Milan? When you, you played Germany. AC... Not, not in Germany. Was that when Kaka scored when it was 1-0? Was that Strachan? Mm -hmm. Right. So when was Bayern Munich Celtic? 2003. Was that O'Neill? Right, okay, so Martin O'Neill it was then. So yeah, I remember being in Munich for the Celtic game and also I was in the San Siro when Kaka scored against Celtic as well. Um, Stephen Mills back in the, the studio. But you know, it was it was Martin O'Neill 2003 Bayern Munich, so I was in Germany for that game. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's the only time I've been there. So um, let's talk about the weather last night. It was absolutely wild and the reason I was running outside is... We could have been doing with one of these last oh, night. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a rubber ducky. I mean, it was ludicrous. Yeah, it was unreal. <laughs> so I was at the match last night. And before we scored, I was like, they're going to have to take the players off the pitch here. Like, what an like it was a shambles. There's no way that football could have been played on that. As you and... Clearly influenced by our Berlin chat is tonguing the duck. <laughs> I, I, no, I never tongued it. 
I wouldn't. I open mouth kissed it. Do you know, do you know where <laughs> that's been? That duck? Yeah. I'm guessing it's been in some water. Well, it's been in the office. Oh, has it been in the office? On George Bowie's about as well, isn't he? Aye, exactly. <laughs> you know what he does with ducks. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I said before we scored, I was like, they need to take the players off the pitch here. This is this this game needs to be called off. Aye, I texted you just before they scored as well. I said, I this game's really, going to stop. I wasn't really getting a signal in the stadium. But on the way to the game, I've never been so drenched in all my life. Uh, I got to just around the corner for Hamden, uh, just where the bowling club is, if you yes. know where Hamden is on the mm-hmm. sort of far side. And I was walking down and it just started like torrential monsoon conditions. And as everyone always says, it was biblical. <laughs> Lorraine was biblical last night. So anyway, I was walking along with Anna and get to the turnstile where I'm going in. And obviously people are like faffing about the turnstile because their phones are wet. And then if they've got paper tickets, they're all wet. And you need QR, QR codes, code and yeah. all the rest of it. So it was a bit of a shambles. And the guy behind me really kindly put his umbrella above my head. And I was like, thanks very much, mate. And I turned around and I was like, but it's making no difference whatsoever. <laughs> I took off my sho- shoes last night and I poured the water out of my shoes inside the stadium. It was ludicrous. So anyway, the game started and they're all splashing around with their rubber ducks and everything and I was like, no, this game can't go on. Then we scored and I was like, I think it'll dry up, you know? (laughs) I think it'll be fine. There'll be no problems whatsoever. And then obviously once we scored, they took the players off. You were watching it at home, so you were getting all the updates. We couldn't really hear what the announcer was saying, to be honest with you, because the crowd was, to be fair, it was a bit of a party time. Yeah. The DJ did a, a brilliant job with all the tunes and all the rest of it, but we couldn't really work out what was going on. We had no idea that Georgia were just refusing to come back out. For sitting example. in the dressing room. They were sitting in the dressing room and UEFA had to go in and speak to them. Here's the thing, right? Just before that goal was scored, I texted you and I said, obviously you didn't see the message, I said, this game is going to get cancelled it's going to get suspended I can't see how they can play this game and the the Georgian manager had gone over and he pulled over Stevie Clark as well and he was speaking to the fourth official and you could tell that the Georgian manager before Scotland scored we can't play in this this game needs to be stopped right now and it was about 30 seconds to a minute later we get the corner and we <laughs> score yeah. so it's not that Georgia wanted the game to be stopped when the goal was scored, they were wanting it stopped before the goal had been scored. So here's my thing with the Georgia incident. They didn't want to play the game, and you can understand why. They're 1-0 down. They're upset the game carried on for the six minutes that it did. They wanted it stopped within minutes of it starting. And I think if Scotland had been in a similar position after six minutes and you're 1-0 down, we would have probably went, we don't want to play the game either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I can understand why Georgia did that, but see when they got the pitch out to the to, to ready by the and, way and playable what a job fair play to all the groundsmen oh. they were getting stewards in as well they were getting the ball boys involved yeah. fair play to everyone for getting that game on it was unbelievable though particularly in the first half the Georgia goalmouth they were sweeping it and I was just like where's all the water coming from I know but they were sweeping it for cons- ages and, and half ages in the goalmouth and they still had water on it yeah I think you said earlier on was it six days worth of rain Sean Batty from STV Weather Weather aficionado yeah he tweeted that last night's rainfall over Hamden was the equivalent of six days on average 
Yeah, that's quite a lot of rain. That's a lot of water. Think and, about that. And I, mean, I think even, it's basically like pouring a bucket. Boom. Exactly. I think you know people slag off Hamden, but I don't nothing think do with Hamden. Nothing to do with Hamden hey, last night. Any opportunity for me to have a pop at Hamden, <laughs> I'm taking it. You can't blame Hamden last night. Nah, absolutely not. And fair play to all the staff um, that were on the pitch and sweeping it. I mean, they'll be they'll be sore this morning. The amount of brushing that we're doing, and uh, I think I'm right in saying that there was probably about. I don't know, seven or eight people sweeping on the pitch. By the end, there was something like 30. Yeah. But they had to go across the B&Q. <laughs> buy brushes. And buy brushes. I can only imagine somebody for the SFA running in and going, where are your brushes? Give me all your brushes. And then they just came back with like massive brooms. So. Brand new brushes handed out to the ball boys and ball girls. And uh, there they, they eventually were. worked out as well. Because there's a couple of things here. If you're sweeping water off a pitch, you're not using the brush the normal way because no. that won't work. You turn it upside down and use the wooden bit of the bottom, and that pushes the water away. And then the, the ball boys took a wee while to get onto that, but I think they were getting some encouragement for the crowd and they eventually yes. got it. We're doing a great job. Secondly, when you go to referee school, how do you get taught about what happens when you're doing a pitch inspection? Is that something that happens? Do you have to bounce the ball? How high must the ball bounce? Well, I was surprised that the referee, when on his first pitch inspection, didn't use a ball. <laughs> he just ran round the pitch. Yeah, totally. Where, where's the ball? And he came off and he went, we're going to delay it for our 20 minutes. Mate, put the ball on the pitch, give it a kick, bounce up and down. Mm -hmm. And then he came out for the second pitch inspection and you can literally hear the fans going, bounce a ball, bounce a ball. <laughs> and totally. then he came round to the other side and he went, oh, let me get a ball then. And he started rolling it. And when he rolled in, it rolled well. The fans were going, yeah! <laughs> By the way, the atmosphere was great. It was what, an hour and... An hour and a half. An hour and a half, it was an hour and a half. Um, and the atmosphere was great. It wasn't sort of, and that would have been easy. And Steve Clark actually said this afterwards. It would have been easy for all the fans to go, "Ach, I'm away home. Right. I'm, I'm stuck done. to it. I'm done." The fans stuck to it as well. And every time the players came out to warm up, about three or four times, however many times it was, the reception that they got was fantastic as well. And I think that probably helped because they would have been they would have been knackered. I mean, I was knackered Aye. just there watching it. So do you know? Do you know what came through loud and clear last night? The camaraderie between the players. Mm -hmm. That's a tight unit. They're all pally. They're loving what they're doing as well. And that's another thing that Steve Clark, to take it back to the football just briefly, he's been big on that since the start and that's why his squad, his squad selections are so consistent and that's why guys like Kenny McLean, who you've said, what's he in the squad for? Apart from scoring winners against Norway and stuff like that. You need to stop that. You need to stop that. But the reason... One moment doesn't justify... <laughs> it does. No, it, one... you're, you're saying Kenny McLean... That, that doesn't Steven, justify Steven, him being can, can, I, can I ask you a question here? I want you to be brutally honest with me, right? Yeah. Be honest and upfront. Look me in the mm. eyes when I ask you this question. Okay. We are 1-0 down against Norway and he brings on Kenny McLean, Liam Cooper and Billy Gilmore. Yeah. Right? Did you see the amount of people from the Tartan Army and Scotland fans across Scotland who tweeted at that point, what are you doing bringing on Kenny McLean Billy Gilmore and Liam Cooper when we're looking for a goal to equalise against Norway. We were all thinking it. What are we doing bringing on Kenny McLean? You were thinking that as well. Don't tell me you were not because I, you are. I'll, I'll show you. I will You're show you. You're not going to show me nothing. I am going to show you Well, you're going to show me because everyone was thinking it. And yeah, he pops up and he scores a winner. Brilliant. Steve Clark looks a genius. But generally right. speaking, when you're searching for a goal, you don't send on Kenny McLean. So, in my group chat with me and my pals with the family, 
Uh, we were obviously chatting about the game, watching it on Saturday. Uh, can you just read the top message there from my mate Kirk? Can you say what that says? What time is it on? Kenny McLean on at last. Kenny McLean on at last. That was it. 18.36. Yes. Okay. We were still 1-0 down. So I quote tweet that. uh, Quote that message. Yeah. And then what did I say? The message below his one? It's just gone off, mate. There you go. Uh, Where is that? Top there. The game has been crying out for him. The game has been crying out for him, is what I said. Okay, well, you're one of the very few. You're one of the very few that thought that Kenny McLean was the man to save the day. So did I or did I not? I've just read it. So I've you... just read it. Now, what I might say at this point, I was being very sarcastic at that point. <laughs> so it was, it was a hint of sarcasm. <laughs> there, there was a whole truckload of sarcasm with that. Because I was like, what's he doing bringing on Kenny McLean? We don't need Kenny McLean on. And then obviously he scored. But you what, know what a finish. Great finish. And you know, that's happened with me at a Scotland game before. I was at Scotland, Georgia, funnily enough. And remember, it was 1 1 going Craig into the fight. And he took off Chris Boyd. That's Al- right. It was Alex McLeish. That's he right. He took off Chris Boyd and brought on Craig B. I'm like, what's he taking off Chris Boyd for? I was like, if anyone's going to score, it'll be Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd scores all the time. Oh my God, it's Craig B. Craig B's just scored with 1 2 1. 88 minutes, Craig B. Bang 2 1. And that's why we aren't football managers. So, yes. yeah, what I was going to say there, uh, and I was just being young Kenny McLean because it was funny, but. He's tried to create a club-like atmosphere. Yes, he has. And that part of that is choosing same players over and over and over again. And uh, I think that that's really paying dividends now. But it shouldn't come to the detriment of players who are in form. And I think when it comes to the European Championships, you can't be like what I... I think he was too loyal for the Euros last year. Mm -hmm. Like David Martin. um, David Martin? David Marshall. I him, the hips keeper. Yeah. Way too loyal. Craig Gordon should be our number one, etc., etc., etc. So I think there are some times where you have to make tough decisions, but you have to de- make those tough decisions for, for what is best for the team. I agree. And, and, I, and I, I hopefully he'll have learned of that. Yes, I think he will well. have. I yeah. think he will have, like he learned from um, losing to Ukraine. So I think he'll, he'll learn, well, he has learned from it. That, that was a shocking summer last year. Mm-hmm. And so when you go from last year to this year, he learned from his mistakes. It was the year before last, but I'll let you off. No, it wasn't. It was last year. No, it wasn't. Last year was 2022. The Euros were in 2021. No, I'm talking about the, 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 the horrendous summer of missing out in the Sorry, World Cup. I thought you were talking about the Euros. Yes, no, Sorry. the horrendous summer of missing out in the World Cup and then losing to Ireland. And, yeah. and, and you're right, Stephen. He learned from those mistakes. And, um, and that's good. Absolutely. And we are heading to the Euros. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Also, big news this week. You may have seen Brendan Rodgers is back at Celtic. Oh, we're meant to be phoning a Celtic fan. I promise to give a call to Joy dialing his number. Yeah. He's ready for us. All right, okay. Yeah, we'll get him on. Do you want to have a wee chat first and then we'll get him on? Or do you just want to chat to him? No, just there's a number. There is a. Okay. Dan, can you dial that in while we have a wee chat about it? Yeah, that's He's fine. expecting our call, so he knows that he'll know it'll be us. Um, what an interesting appointment. A I'm, very interesting appointment. I mean, I think everybody expected it to happen or that he would be Celtic's prime choice out of everyone that was available. Here's here's my question to you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's obviously taken a step back coming back to Scottish football. He needs to... I think it's fair to say he needs to... 
build up his reputation again. And Celtic is the club to build up your reputation because it's easier to win trophies and do well in Scotland than it is anywhere else. So is he using Celtic again as another stepping stone? I, I maybe. I think that... He signed a three-year deal, though. It's I not think, a rolling contract. I think that Brendan Rodgers probably won't leave Celtic unless it's for a really, really big, big, big club now. He we, won't be going to a Leicester... So you think it's top six club, like a Spurs or something, or... Yeah, he's probably looked at the job that Ange's done and he's got the Spurs job. So he's like, well, you know, if Ange can get the Spurs job, there's no reason I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think... Like, I, I, I get... There's obviously still a few Celtic fans, including many in the Green Brigade, who are not happy. No, um, they still think he's a fraud. With uh, Brendan Rodgers coming back. Um, but I'm going to take you back to February 2019 and Clyde won Super Scoreboard the night that Brendan Rodgers left Celtic. Disgusted. Everything he's achieved in the last two years, I think it's sullied by his actions today. Absolutely disgusted with Brendan. He called Smurls integrity into question at the weekend over the shenanigans over the, their goal. Where's Brendan's integrity? I feel utterly betrayed. Absolutely betrayed. And to me, the man should hang his head in shame. Absolute shame. I'll never mention Brendan Rogers in this house ever again, as far as I'm concerned. The man is gone from my memory. So that's what happened on Clyde One Super Scoreboard the 26th of February, I think it was, 2019. Um, that guy there won't be mentioning Celtic's new manager in his house, though, because Brendan Rodgers won't be mentioned in his house. So presumably he'll just refer to him as the Celtic manager or Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> See, the Celtic fan were about to phone. He said, Brendan Rodgers is dead to me. Yeah. He's dead to me. And I say, you're going to come on the show and talk about the appointment of Brendan Rodgers and you're going to take that back. So we'll find out in a couple of minutes. His name's Jerry Taylor. Okay, let's call him right now, actually. We've got our... He, he was actually on the podcast when you were off that week and he was spitting feathers about uh, Brendan leaving and he was saying, Andrew, never... He's, he's... Hello! Hello! Jerry! <laughs> right, here we are. Um, we're live on the podcast, mate. I'm alive, mate. No worries. I'm just nipping out the fire exit of the main sports day. Um... And I'm fresh off the back of the Father's Day race. Just one, just one. You won the Father's Day race at the school, school sports day. Won the Father's Day race, 40 year old, smashed it. Well done, I think well I read the applause. Well done, Jerry. Applause Jerry. Um, Jerry, um, Jerry, the reason we've got you on today is because uh, in March of this year, when Stephen Mill was off, you appeared on the podcast. Do you remember that day? Uh, unfortunately, I do remember that day, yes. Yeah, and the audio of what you said is also on Twitter right now, and people are laughing at you. <laughs> they certainly are. That his name um, cannot be mentioned, and that you were very upset and angry with him, and you said that Ange Postacoglu is your dad, <laughs> and that you believed that he would not leave Celtic, and that he's got bigger things to think about in regards to Champions League, etc., etc., etc. Here we are, a few months later... Not only has Ange Postacoglu, your dad, left you, he's um, <laughs> the, the man who is dead to you is now your manager. Well, it's a tricky one. I mean, family's always it's always going to be tricky, isn't it? Um, I take back everything I said. I was lying. Brendan Rodgers is amazing. <laughs> um, Ange Postacoglu is a prick. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. 
That's all I've got to say in the matters. I've just written an article as well about how great Brendan Rogers is. What are you like, man? I mean, I mean that is a football fan through and through. I can see how Jerry's pals with you as well, Ewan, because he flip flops just as much as you do. But in all seriousness, Jerry, I, I'm guessing, like you know, all is forgiven, and you're back on the Brendan Rogers bandwagon, yeah? I think I'm going to. I mean, you can't really tell. The fact, you know, to me, the making up was the fact that he came back. If he was as arrogant as everyone thought, then I, it, it, do you know what I mean? No, I'm going, not going back to that abuse. He obviously loves the club. I think the article I wrote the other day basically said that Brendan Rodgers do Celtic a favour by leaving them. Because if he hadn't, we wouldn't have had the Ange factor for that while. We wouldn't have the Kyogos. We might not have the world record winning treble, and he wouldn't be back in a stronger position with the board than he has now, with a bigger transfer kitty, a, a longer contract. And I just think it was the best thing that could have happened. But at the time, yeah, I wanted to throw him out a window. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> you're <laughs> such a hypocrite, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Mate, but everyone does it right. I had my head buried in the sand with Brendan Rodgers. I said, I'm not going to do it with Ange. But with Ange, I had my head buried that far in the sand I could see his house in fucking Australia. <laughs> I'm off it, mate. I'm off it. So uh, no more podcasts for me next season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done in winning the school sports day father's race. And uh, go pick up your medal. And thanks for speaking to us, my man. Thanks. Thanks for having this season, guys. You've been brilliant. Looking forward to it next year. And can't wait for Clyde Super fucking scoreboard with you on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. We need to talk about that. We cheers, bud. Right, cheers, Jerry. Thanks bye, very mate, much. Bye. There he goes. Uh, and that is Jerry Taylor. And he is the repentant Celtic fan. And I'm glad Jerry brought that up there because you are hosting Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Your your annual outing. Yeah, you're once, let loose. once a year I um, I get asked to host Clyde Super Scoreboard. So tomorrow night, Thursday night, six pm, I will be on Super Scoreboard with one Gordon D L. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the day before Brendan Rogers uh, faces the Scottish media because he's going to be unveiled officially on Friday so tomorrow night will be an interesting show because I've got a few questions I think that Celtic fans need to answer okay fair enough but I'm not going to give anything away but I'm going to be in can I give you something to say you want me to say something yeah what do you want me to say I don't know I'm just trying to think of something really inflammatory um, and you need to actually ask me to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, just ask you to say something normal. I don't know. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, right, I think, I think unlike many in Scottish media circles, some tough questions need to be asked of Brendan Rogers, and I don't think that the Scottish media will ask those questions, so I'll ask those questions tomorrow night. Okay, fair enough. It's going to be an interesting listen. The problem is there's too much of a clique in Scotland, and they're all too scared to upset people. Do you think Gordon Diel's in the clique? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, 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 because he's got pals in, in, in football that he doesn't want to upset. I think, generally speaking, most people who work in football are scared to say anything in fear of upsetting people. And I also think that people in the Scottish media, when facing a manager or a chief executive, are scared to ask the questions the fans want asking because they don't want to ruin that relationship. So I think Brendan Rodgers will probably get an easy time of it unless somebody breaks rank and asks the questions that need to be asked of him. The fans think you're a fraud for the things that you said before you left Celtic. What do you say to them? To be fair, he was asked about that when he went to Leicester and his response was, well, he was like, I, I think he swore multiple times. In well, that. I think he needs to be asked that again when he sat there with Celtic Blazer on. 
Um, do you need to apologise to the Celtic fans? Do you apologise to Celtic fans? Are you going to do that here and now? What Jerry said there was quite interesting, though, is on the face of it, it shows quite a lot of balls to come back to oh, Celtic. Oh, totally. I, I, I thought he might have knocked it back because of how it went when he left. I mean, the Celtic fans were spitting feathers. I mean, they were so upset. And I, and I get it. Totally understand why they were upset with him. Similar to why they're upset with Ange Postacogla. Totally as, get as, it. As I said, I think it was last week or the week before, the reason that Celtic fans were so upset about why Brendan Rodgers left Obviously, they were saying, oh, he's going to Leicester. Leicester aren't as big a club as Celtic. And as you've said many times before, it's not about Leicester. It's not about Aston Villa. It's no. about going to the English Premier League. But the other thing that Celtic fans were so upset about was because he's actually a really good manager. And he won seven trophies out of seven. But he wasn't really tested. Well, I mean... He wasn't. Let's be honest with you. He's coming back to Celtic where Rangers are far stronger side. I mean, he, you, he, you would say that. It's not that I would say that. I'm just saying what is clearly true. Surely you're did a you, big... Did, did you see the team that Mark Warburton was playing with against Brendan Rodgers? You're a big advocate of you can only beat what's in front of you. That's, what, that's my point. You can only beat what's in front of you. And what was in front of him was a pile of shite. And Brendan Rodgers got, got himself a decent record. He got himself a decent reputation. And now he's come scurrying back to Scotland because he failed down south. Wait, 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 wait. Don't just, you dare look at me like just, that. Just very yeah, I'm quickly. Talking, I know he won the FA Cup and he finished fifth in the Premier League. Twice. But wait, 80% of why Leicester in the Championship is because of him. So his reputation is in tatters. I'm not talking about what he did this season. His reputation, his reputation. Tatters. See if his reputation was in tatters, he doesn't come back to Celtic. There is no club in the Premier League knocking on his door. There's no, there isn't. I disagree. There, there's no team in the Premier League knocking on his door. You're not telling me like a Crystal Palace. That wouldn't doesn't go matter. Him. I'm telling. No team is knocking on his door. Nah, he was available for Spurs, but Spurs decided to go and pay Celtic compensation for Ange Postecoglou because he's a bust flush, as far as the English Premier League are concerned. So he's coming back with his reputation in tatters, and he's got to rebuild that reputation by coming back to Celtic. And the reason he chose Celtic is because it's easier for him. So Brendan Rodgers is taking the easy way out. He's taking the easy way out by coming back to Celtic. But what he doesn't know, it's not going to be as easy as he had it the first time around because Rangers are in a far better position and have a better squad. You know what you were saying there um, about, you know, he was up against Mince and all the rest of it. Like Ronnie Dyla was up against Mince. Neil Lennon was up against Mince. And he didn't, or they didn't do what Brendan Rodgers did. I mean... What win trebles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your point? My point is that I think you're underestimating how good a manager Brendan Rodgers I, is. I never, I'm not underestimating how good a manager he is. I just said you can only be what's in front of you, and he did a very good job when he was here at Celtic. He first also did a very good job at Leicester. Let's I just be said that he finished fifth twice in the Premier League and he won the FA Cup. I but get he, it, but yet his but reputation is in tatters because of the season. That's my point. You, so you, you can, have one you, bad season, then that's it. But you, but you, but Stephen, everyone looks at Brendan Rodgers. Jurgen Klopp had Dortmund finishing ninth or something in the Bundesliga. Did that ruin his reputation? Well, it did because he took time out of football after it, and then got the Liverpool job. Yeah, and Liverpool. Look at the mess they were in at the time because Brendan Rodgers left us in an absolute state as well. And then how did Klopp get on in his first season? Finished poor. eighth or something? Yeah, yeah, it was poor because because yeah. his reputation because the squad that he inherited was awful. 
Yeah, I mean, Brendan Rodgers had done a poor job. Rodgers, I think, has questions to answer over his transfer record and stuff like that. I think he's not very good at signing Steven, players. I, I, think, but I, I think Brendan Rodgers is inheriting a better right. squad Brendan, than the one he left at Celtic. Brendan Rodgers is not an elite manager. He's the next level down. He is a Leicester type manager. He's a Crystal Palace type manager. When he comes back to Celtic, he is going to do a good job here. I have no doubt about it because you've only got one other team to beat in this league, and that's Rangers. My point is this, the Rangers he's facing now are way better than the Rangers team he faced when he was here. That's my point. So he's going to not find it as easy as he That's did fine. first time round. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a bad manager. He's a great manager. He ain't an elite manager, but he messed up massively at Leicester in his final season. Would you not also agree that the Celtic squad now is better than the Celtic squad he had then? I thought the Celtic squad he inherited was not too bad. No, no, no. I mean the Celtic squad that he left. The, you know, you're saying that, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't have but, any but, comment. But, didn't, surely, but, but, surely. That, that, but wait, 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 wait. That squad that he left behind, did Neil Lennon not win a treble with that squad? Yeah, he did. Right, yeah. so it was clearly a decent squad. I'm not saying it was a bad squad. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm, you're saying that the Rangers team then, or the Rangers squad then, was poor in comparison to now, which is true. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with totally you. Totally true. Totally true. Mm -hmm. But do you not think that the Celtic squad now is better than what Rodgers had the first time round. 100%. Because, and, and do you know why I think that Celtic squad today is better than what Rodgers left behind? Is because Ange Postacoglu's signings have been way better than what um, uh, Rodgers were. You, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So I think that he's very fortunate to step into a team that is so good and is easily the best team in Scotland. And as it stands right now, Celtic are red-hot favourites to win the league. I wouldn't put any money on Rangers winning the league as it stands right now. We're still to see what transfer business is to be concluded before the season starts. But as it stands right now, Brendan Rodgers not only wins the league, but there's every chance he'll win a treble. But that depends on what Rangers do in the transfer window and what strikers they bring in. So as it stands, I'm not calling it yet, but Celtic, as it stands, are treble winner favourites. Okay, fair enough. We'll be back at the start of next season and we'll get you in Cameron's predictions and you can bet on the opposite. So you don't have to leave it and worry for yourself. Uh, right, let's do our final. If Scottish football was a heat wave, uh, so for example, we had barbecue Kevins, we had paddling pool Lambert, we had tanadice lollies. Absolutely tons of suggestions this week, which means there were loads of good ones and loads of absolutely shite ones as well. So if yours doesn't get read out, uh, now you know why. Remember to give us a follow at Big Football Scott. Yeah, get your mentions in there. Hello to Alan Till, who's a regular. Ki Sun Cream Young Ki Sun Cream Young No What's What, what cream sun Oh cream. Sun Cream Yeah Somerset Park Yeah uh, Backpost says Ex SFA Chief Executive Jim Fahrenheit <laughs> Oh Fahrenheit Yeah, yeah. Fahrenheit. Uh, Delirious Nobad says Tan Petrov Tan Petrov yes Ali McMoist McMoist? Mm -hmm. What's that going to do with the summer? Well, you might be moist in the summer because you're all sweaty. Do you get moist? I'd I don't know. So. I, you get moist, yeah. I don't get moist. Do you not? Do you not sweat? No, I do sweat. Well, therefore you get moist. Yeah, but it's just called sweat. I know, but another way of describing that would be being moist. But I don't like that word. It sounds quite... Yeah. Is it, so, so do you get moist? Do you not sweat? Yeah, I sweat. But therefore... I sweat, so therefore I get moist. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Descartes who said that, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> George Burns says, 
Sunzu Angus Gunzu. Hose pipe Bandy Halliday. Hose pipe Bandy, yeah. Uh, John Bleasdale says Kyle Taps Afferty. Kyle Taps Afferty. Oh, these are so bad. Uh, Michael Montagnani says Gavin Sunning. Uh huh. Still in sweat trough. Is he moist? <laughs> <laughs> RJ Demon says uh, Sonny Aluko and Bertie Sunstrokes. Bertie Sunstrokes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bertie Votes. Bertie Votes. Uh-huh. Bertie Sunstrokes. Uh, Robin and many others saying Ice Lolly Menga. Ice Lolly Menga, yeah. Uh, Scott says Ali, an Ali McOyster and a 99 cone, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not bad. Uh, Simon says Factor Chifty. Factor Chifty. <laughs> Chifty, that Celtic striker. Dundee United player, yeah. Chifty? What's Factor Chifty? <laughs> Factor 50! Oh, this. <laughs> See for next season. This is going to. See, can we can not just. Be... I, I don't want to do this next year because I hate it. Because I don't know what you're talking about. I know, but it's, it's painful. And it's so painful that it's quite funny sometimes. <sighs> and finally, the final one of the season, maybe ever, what Ricky said James Forrest Fire. And Martin Boiling. So there you are. <laughs> James Ford. <laughs> Who is the winner? We'll get to the boy. <laughs> just anyone. Just just get to the boy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the point. So we'll see if that comes back next season. We have our doubts. We do have our doubts. I genuinely struggled with this all year. You struggle with a lot of things. Do you know what I, do? I think we should come with a new game for next year. Mm-hmm. I'll say next year. It's in five weeks' time. Yeah, exactly. Not long to go. <laughs> so we'll come up with a game. Are you going on holiday between now and then? I'm, do you know where I'm going? I'm going to Denmark. So I'm going to, is it Copenhagen or Hagen? Copenhagen. Hagen. I, think is the, I think is the traditional name. Aye. I mean, it's Copenhagen. Aye. Uh, because I, I think I went on a proper holiday when I did the stag do with Grado. Mm-hmm. I went to Vegas a few months ago. So, did, um, yeah. so we're going to Copenhagen, me you're and my not, wife. You're not big on holidays, are you? Nah, I'm not a big holiday guy. But when I do go, I like to go and properly relax. But this trip that I'm doing isn't really a relaxing trip because we're flying into Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. We're spending a couple of days in the Copenhagen's. Copenhagen. Copenhagen's. Yeah. And we might go and see the mermaid. What's the mermaid's name? The little mermaid. Oh, yeah, her. We yeah, might go and see exactly. her. Exactly. And that's written by who, famously? Is it Roald Dahl? No. No, he was Welsh. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> of Danish descent, though, I think, to be fair. It was a oh, oh, Norwegian um, descent. The, the, what's the guy? Um, what's the guy? He's um, he's got three parts to his name. Um, I go for it. What's it? The Hans guy, Hans Christian Andersen. That's the one. Well right. Done. So yep. I might go and see the mermaid. But I'm only there for three days because on the. Well, you've got plenty of time to see a mermaid. Then yeah. you just need to go and look at it. <laughs> That'll <laughs> take ten minutes of your time, really. Yeah, but I've got two days to fill. Then I've not exactly. seen the mermaid. Right? I mean, so, you've got no. You've got probably, um, so after I've seen the mermaid, and and we'll do something else in Copenhagen, and we'll then get a train. And we're going up to um, Gothenburg. In Sweden? We're going to Sweden. So we're getting Gothenburg f- is beautiful. Right. I've never been. So we're getting a train from Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. And then we're going up to... Gothenburg. Gothenburg. And that's a three-hour train journey. I'm actually looking forward to the train journey because I think it might be quite beautiful going through the two different countries. So we're doing that. And the reason we're going to Gothenburg... Right. All right, Michael uh, uh, yeah, we're going to Gothenburg is mm-hmm. because um, we bought tickets to go and see Coldplay at the Ulevev Stadium. Where Aberdeen famously won the Cup Winners' Cup in 1983. Uh, so that's where we are heading on the second day of our trip to and, Gothenburg. And where Dunfermline famously were defeated by BK Hecken okay. in the 2007 
uh, UEFA Cup qualifying. Well, I'll be sat there watching Coldplay, and then um, a couple of days in Gothenburg, and then we get the go to Berg, and then we get the train back to Copenhagen, Copenhagen, and then we fly back home. So yeah, that's my holiday next month. Okay. Fair so, enough. I'm so only a, a week. A, a Scandinavian adventure. I'm only going for a week. I'm flying on the Sunday and I'm back on the Friday, so I'm still here for you, the football summer be show. Going to the, Sorry, be going to the all the steam rooms and everything. They like that in Scandinavia. I'm not a steam room guy. I don't like saunas. I'm not into that at all. I, I find that quite you would weird. Love that. Nah, I'm not into that at all. Are you into a sauna? I'm not into that. Don't Sin- mind a sauna, but I don't s- like sitting with other naked people. But that, that's my point. I mean, I'm not really into that. I mean, sitting there. In a sauna Moist Getting very moist Extremely moist Some people get more moist than others And sometimes they wear a white towel Sometimes they just let the white towel flop Yeah Either side of them And they open up their legs And then everything is there to be seen You can see the moist You can see the moist Yes You can can see what they've had for breakfast Yeah the crevices Yes And um, yeah So no it's not my scene mate Cool But I do like a Swedish massage I don't even know what that My is. My wife is a trained masseuse. Okay. She is went she? to college in Livingston to train to be a masseuse. <laughs> the, the, the worldwide centre for masseuse. <laughs> Livingston, of course. So, yes, my wife went... World-renowned. World-renowned. Where did you train Livingston? Fucking <laughs> hell. Livingston, uh, yes. So she's a trained Swedish massage uh, masseuse. What's the difference between a normal massage and a Swedish massage? Um, I wouldn't know because my wife's never given me one. She's not even like trying to do it on you? Nah. Nah. She got the bed and everything. You know what she did? You know what she did? Right. So my wife trained to be a masseuse, right? In and Livingston. She, in Livingston. And she 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 <laughs> she she got her qualifications. And I didn't get any fucking massage, right? Because nah. Um what she did was she set up a little business in the spare room that we had. So she bought the bed and everything. So people were just wandering into my house to go upstairs to get a massage from my wife and the door would be shut. And I'd just hear this. Uh, 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 uh. I was like, what is going on in there? Can you film that for me? <laughs> I mean, if it's noises like that, Ewan, have you had a, you had an honest conversation with your wife? She'd done it for a year. And she also did fake tans at the same time. So you get a massage and then she'd fake tan you. Right. So we were kind of getting good you money for that. You use quite a lot, don't you? I, no, I use a tinted moisturiser, <laughs> which gets you very moist. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> there we go. And I think that's a lovely note to end on. Yes. A moist, tanned Ewan Cameron. And that is a wrap for episode 46 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Stephen Mill. He's Ewan Cameron. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for joining us for the last year as well. In the meantime... You can go back and listen to all 46 episodes. They're all shite. If you're off your rocker (laughs) and you've got nothing else to do, then you can do that. Um, But we will be back for a new season of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. End of July, I think. Start of August, something like that. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review despite the content of the podcast. Get your tweets in and we'll be back next time at the usual time, probably on Monday for the new season at the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Cheerio. Cheerio.